I'm very proud of my son. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety Program. Another big show for you today. That was your president expressing great pride in his son Hunter after his guilty plea. Yeah, I mean... Tax evasion. Again, you have to be pretty proud if your son has a, a, you know, a gun charge and tax evasion. And the same day, his baby mama is trying to sue him for more child support. And he, he, he wins it all. He gets away scot-free because of his, you know, political connections. And then, did you hear the, the thing about the baby mama drama? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so he's now giving less money to right. the mother of his child, the one that and Joe they Biden, can't use his name, and they can't use the Biden name. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, if you think about it, makes some sense considering the fact that the Biden family doesn't actually acknowledge that this child <laughs> exists. And you know, at the same time, it's like, do you want to have the Biden name at this point? No, like, that, kid, that kid's going to grow up so so pissed but, off. But like, from like, Joe Biden. Oh no, go ahead, well, Michael. I was going to say, denying paternity, getting off on a gun charge, and committing tax evasion is like the triple crown of criminality <laughs> <laughs> but i mean he, he, here's the counterpoint is you know the Biden name might be useful because who knows like a random wire from china will show up in your account from time to time well in that i don't know that the they've, i don't know that they've necessarily excluded that <laughs> i feel like they're gonna have to put the money somewhere now that the feds are on to honor and it's not surprising to hear the president say that he's proud of his son because as we all know harry chapin wrote a song about the two of them where he sang my boy is just like me <laughs> <laughs> and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little boy blue and the man on the moon <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good i'm glad you brought that up that's good well listen the thing that that bothers me the most i'm not surprised that a father who loves a son says something like i'm proud of my son regardless of all this stuff like i'm not looking for him to throw his kid under the bus what drives me absolutely insane is the second thing that you brought up mm -hmm. the fact that he's dealing with this paternity issue and like look those things get messy as we all know and i don't know the ins and outs of it all but what i do know is that consistently throughout the presidency they have not acknowledged his granddaughter as a part of the family mm -hmm. and like from my perspective what kind of scumbag family does something that's the like thing that. to me that's the absolute lowest possible thing at the very least it's a rough father's day week oh, oh my god <laughs> dude i didn't even think god. about that yeah yeah he's denying huh? he, he's denying he's a father his father the the now president is uh you know denying the grandfather yeah it's a oh, real tough deal that's a tough look yeah. biden family father's day weekends are not too good <laughs> not good bob not good uh okay so we've got a great show we have a i mean First of all, I can't believe this dude actually came in here. He's a friend of the program. He's a, a loyal listener, a minion, uh, Judge Amul Thapar. Just brilliant. In the house. An incredibly serious person to show up on, on our show. The idea that you have a shortlister on the Supreme Court show up at the Ruthless Variety program. Mm -hmm. I mean, we expect the politicians because we all, you know, we all own the same business and we've had fun and whatever. When you get a guy who's that smart, 
Yeah. Who likes to like knock it around with us a little bit. Incredibly accomplished person, like you said, shortlisted for the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, and, and he's out with a great new book yeah. about Clarence Thomas. The People's Justice. The and as everyone justice. knows, I'm a huge Clarence Thomas fan. And yeah. this interview was phenomenal. It really, phenomenal. It really was. You're going to love every second about that. A very serious deal. We've kicked up a little dust over the last couple of weeks, by the way. If you notice the online traffic, everybody's irritated about You get somebody that uh, attacks Trump. They're like, oh, my God, you're anti-Trump. And then he goes the other way. And they're like, oh, you're so pro-Trump. It's like, I don't, maybe we're just doing our jobs here. Yeah, so, like, you know, on YouTube... You know, folks, go on there, subscribe right now. We had one day where we had a uh, presidential showcase with Chris Christie, and the following day, we put up a, a, a video with uh, Chris LaSavita, yeah. a, a senior Trump official. And so, like, one day we're having everyone be like, why do you hate Trump so much? And then the next day we're having everyone who was like, why are you with Trump? Yeah. Trump? <laughs> and the best part is in social media, like, there are some people, you know, they li people live in, listen at different cadences, mm -hmm, right? Right, right? So you get some people who hadn't heard the Trump one yet, yeah. Yeah. but they'd only heard the Christie one. And so they're like, uh, what are you talking about? These guys, they do blah, blah, blah. And so and I was like, then, just wait for the next one. And it's episode. like, hey, man, just download <laughs> the next one. are, the candidate you like will be on the next one. Just download the next, brother. Well, I, I mean, I've always thought, like, the reason why we still do this show is i think we respect our listeners enough to tell them things they might not want to hear yeah and invite on guests they might not like because we're going to have on guests they will like right yep and that this has always been an open platform for the whole movement totally. to come on and say what they want to say and i think there could be no better time than a presidential primary to do just that and also i would just urge people and look everybody's going to go to their camps during a primary presidential primary sure. and i understand that you get in early you got it somebody god bless you that's mm -hmm. terrific that's not our role here no. our role is to provide the people who are not in a camp at this point but are evaluating their choices with what those choices might be because you're sure as hell not going to get them from the mainstream media. That's yeah, and also to serve as an accurate reflection of what's going on among Republicans all over the country. But some people love Trump and they're going to stick with Trump all the way through. Some people want something different. Some people yeah. want DeSantis. Some people want Scott. Some people the, among Republicans and conservatives around this country, there are very real conversations that are not reflected in the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And and it, I think I think we take our job very seriously that we reflect what your typical Republican group of friends is talking about. Exactly, and that's what we are, right? I mean, at its core, yeah. we do put thought into it. And, and, and also, it's important that we have we're in contact with basically every pre we not basically every presidential campaign. To try and schedule the candidate. Yeah, if you, haven't, if, you haven't heard, if you haven't heard from your favorite candidate yet, it's not because they're not invited yeah. on the program. It's about a scheduling issue. But also at the very same time, busy people. I, I highly encourage you to tweet at the official candidate's account and say, oh, yeah. why aren't you on Ruthless? Yeah, let, let them know. Let, you got to let them know. Because, you know, every once in a while, you have to just throw a little. Yeah, remember, you got to do the show. The old squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the merch. I want to I wanna get into this because we haven't talked in several episodes about where the merch situation, we announced a very, very important new item that yeah, was I, up this week. Yes. Uh, this has been in the making for a while. Yeah. This is the Charges shirt. Charges. Highly requested Charges shirt. Yeah. We had a lot of people ask for something with Charges on it. Yeah. I think we did a nice job of accurately reflecting what it is that they want. Yes, while remaining in 
our attorneys say we're in very good legal situation I in terms of <laughs> I think we're on very fair use steady of, footing of, of something looking similar to something without being that thing so yeah. that charges shirt is up there I've already ordered it I did it too looks yeah it looks phenomenal I mean I want to wear to be honest with you I'm going to go to the like the beach in a couple of weeks I'm going to wear the thing I out had, I had someone uh, reply on Twitter saying that they're going with their family to Disney and they're going to wear that yeah they should <laughs> yeah. everybody should do, deck them out and then anytime you get a Disney adult in and front of you charges you should you should just like stare at him and be like charges charges Char so, where's your kid where, where charges where's your kid also <laughs> I, I would be remiss if i didn't note duncan is rocking right now the hottest fleece vest in the game i got myself one i think i've already worn it for an episode or two yeah store.ruthlesspodcast.com yeah yeah, yeah it's great stuff today. and thank you for everybody who's ordered stuff as we've said these uh New studios don't pay for themselves, and we're trying to figure out how to do a bunch of summer events and everything else, and this is uh, the best way to help us out and help us try to do that, because we like to bring the program for free. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the five stars. I love these things every week. We always start with the one and only voice. So today, I'm going to call an audible. Oh. Uh, Wait, you're not going to read what's on the paper? I'm not going to read what's on the paper. This is amazing. McDaniel wow. put something down, and I found something I think is much better. This and is self-aggrandizing? We were very, very hard on the old man on uh, the Tuesday program, and so I'd like to read something that our listeners believe here on Thursday. Hmm. And this is from Kendi Bro, and it's titled, Duncan is my favorite. <laughs> wow. Would you look at that? What have you done to get out from underneath this? That's what I, the only question that I have in my head right now is what's happening. It says, uh, first, I need to let you know that I found the guys through Megan Kelly. Oh. I love her show and loved when she had you on there. One day I decided to look you up and I've been hooked ever since. I love how you incorporate laughter and fun into the very, very serious topics of life. That's from Kendi Bro. Duncan is my favorite. So, that is so nice. So that's very nice. No, no, I know there's no elaboration on that. What else needs to be said? It's just a statement of of their personal view. I assumed it was a fact for everybody who tunes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the yeah, I mean, if they can work around your your trips and your yeah. various oh, sure. stuff going yeah. on, that you have I'm, to. I'm a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're that beloved you're in high demand well you've now thrown us into a tizzy because we don't know what else to do i i, I think duncan can you read uh the second one here yeah this is from galen gidman uh parenthetical almost more fun uh than a human being should be allowed to have is the title nothing and nobody can ever replace the talent on loan from god that was rush limbaugh mm. yeah. Yeah, but the fellas might be the next closest thing dude Tru that's so yeah. awesome. incredibly kind Tr things. uh truly the only place i know which combines unique political insight with the lighthearted banter and and the long-running inside jokes which make every tuesday and thursday such a pleasure smug and holmes offset each other so well like both sides of my brain arguing with each other until we find a reasonable path forward duncan reminds me of myself we both press the internet button for a living <laughs> <laughs> i feel your pain pal um, and and we both hail from communities devoid of tall buildings Great. oh yeah that's <clears throat> tough and hearing such based animal takes from somebody with the fortifying vocal vibrations of John Ashbrook <laughs> is truly a courage building experience, which will no doubt be much needed in the coming animal war. <laughs> Keep up the good work, fellows, and remember when all us fails, 
punt the turkey. Yeah. Oh, right. What a well written. Yeah, that was well written and deep, so deep in the lore at the end, which yeah. I really appreciate. Oh, Thank you. So, so good. Smug, you want the next one? Yeah. So I absolutely want to read this one from C.L. Allen, 68. The title is A First Class Program. It says, the most relevant podcast for our times. As a listener from day one, after seeing the original announcement on Smug's Twitter feed, I can say that it is a must listen for anyone who wants to prevent the left from turning us into a steerage class nation. Right on. Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> steerage class nation. You're, I mean, you're hot take. That's essentially Southwest, and that's that's what that's what they need to do going forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the last one because I don't I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep anybody out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And this was, I think, a very well written, although completely admitted by John Ashbrook. No, uh, I, I listen. I just wanted to read the one that praised Michael. We gave him a hard time Tuesday. He was a good sport about it. We called him and called him and called him, and we were like the Jerky Boys. It was very funny. <laughs> and um, here he is today. All of us know that when Ashbrook does this, he's loading up for something. One hundred percent. Yeah. What, what is he buttering me up? That's for? what I'm worried about. I yeah. have no idea. Huh? If I were you, I'd be concerned. Go Tigers <laughs> in Omaha. Uh, this is from the four, the four Horsemen. Great title. Big fan from South Louisiana, and y'all never read any five stars from someone down south. Uh, not sure that's true, but I appreciate it, and we'll we'll keep incorporating the down south because we love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, been listening from the first episode. Fantastic. I recently learned how to work YouTube, so I subscribed to the Ruthless channel. Thank you Ex- so much. Excellent. I uh, was really disappointed that none of y'all looked like the images I had in my head. Oh my God. In my head, Holmes looked like Sean Astin and Rudy. What? Wh- <laughs> what's that? Who's Sean Astin? Guy, is, is that Rudy? actually yeah, Rudy? Rudy? That's the Rudy yeah, he plays Rudy. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't fit that It's also part. Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Listen That's to right. it. Oh, yeah, and but, of course. It's but, like, oh, yeah. what kind of darky sci-fi can right. I come No, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Rudy Rudiger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In the fifth episode of Star Wars, you know, I mean, he's one of the largest movies of all time. So, you know, you could check it out, maybe. <laughs> uh, Smug, for some reason, looked like a sunburnt ski bum who teaches ski lessons. It's clear now <laughs> that he's got a permanent tan. Ski lessons will do that. That's what somebody. That's I mean, Colorado. I, I guess, think it's yeah. just windburn. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm your POC. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm assigned to this group. Did <laughs> we ever tell that story? We should tell that story. Let's let tell me, it. Let, let me okay. finish it. Okay. Ashbrook looked like Richard Cameron from Dead Poet Society. All except the old man. He looked exactly how his voice sounds. Mm. That's a good compliment. I think I'll stick to the podcast, but we use YouTube to see the clips y'all play. Perfect. Thank you. And although the practical conservative politics doesn't always jive with my Trump-loving conservatism, I'm always entertained. Go Tigers in Omaha. I love that. Yeah, Four Horsemen is a great title. Go Tigers. We should roll with that. So the story is... Not long after January 6th, mm-hmm. it's like just a couple of months, we were scheduled to do a big event with the entirety of the House leadership yes. in the Capitol. Yes. And there was a lot of security. A ton of security. And all of us come rolling up, and we're not exactly like your Hill staffers at this point. We may have been at one point, but we're, you know, we're, not, we're not like... Kind of laid back. Imagine yeah. us rolling up like this to the Capitol soon after January 6th. Being like, what's up? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're here for business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we know exactly why you're here. Yeah. We're not letting you in. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions. 
that came in about who you are. Yeah, so like a, a very serious looking Capitol Police officer rolls up at the checkpoint and he's like, whoa, 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 where are you guys going? Who's your POC, right? <laughs> and I just walked up and I was like, I'm the POC who's been assigned to this group. Is there a problem? <laughs> these, guys, these guys seem okay to me. <laughs> but he meant point of contact is this yeah. thing. <laughs> what, what Smug thought was is a person of color. I was like, okay, well, that's how the system works. I got these guys. I can vouch. They're, they're fine gentlemen. They seem okay to me. Well, I don't think there'll be any trouble with these ones. I literally, I almost trouble. fell to my knees in the middle of the parking lot outside the Capitol. It was so funny. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk about the thing that all of you are talking about mm -hmm. first. I mean, this is omnipresent yes and if you're not thinking about this or you haven't kept up with the story you need to get on it we're talking about this sub this personal sub mm -hmm. that went missing uh as they were trying to take a voyage to the titanic um here's what we know this is from cbs news a five-person crew on a submersible named titan owned by ocean gate Ex expeditions submerged on a dive to the titanic wreckage on sunday morning Father's Day. Mm. Uh, and the crew of the Polar Prince research ship lost contact with the sub about an hour and 45 minutes later, the U.S. Coast Guard said on Monday afternoon. The sub was lost in an area 900 miles east of Cape Cod in the North Atlantic in the water with a depth of about 13,000 feet. It had less than 40 hours of breathable air as of Tuesday evening. Uh, quote, we will do everything in our power to effect a rescue. Uh, there is a full court press to get equipment to the scene as quickly as we can. Coast Guard Captain Jamie Frederick told reporters during a news conference on Tuesday afternoon, calling the search effort an ex incredibly complex operation. So if you haven't watched this, it's basically what, like a billionaire and his son? It's it's a, you two, know, two billionaires, right? I, it's at least one billionaire. Uh, who is on this thing? I, you know, Wolf. If when we air this, I have a graphic. If you could air this, it is the most absurd looking. It's basically a, a porta potty with five people stuffed in it who are like, <laughs> we want to go to the bottom of the ocean and look at the Titanic, right? <laughs> if you're a billionaire, I would. If I were a billionaire, I'd have a little bit more instinct for self preservation than be like, why don't I get in a porta potty? hit the bottom of the ocean, which already it's the Titanic wreck. So this is not where you want to be to begin with. It's no, already it, got a history. It, there is some history. Well, so this, it's like, this is the part I don't understand. James Cameron has already been there. There are National Geographic researchers who have been there who have taken better submarines. Why is it the billionaires are going to budget rental car to get their sub? <laughs> yeah, and so like the hilarious thing about this and like the graphic shows is not only is it essentially the size of a porta potty with like five people squeezed in, it's controlled by a video game controller. Dude, yes. that's, and it was like a slapdash bunch of stuff, yes. right? See, that would have been my giveaway to get on out of the porta potty when, <laughs> when they handed me the wireless Logitech game controller and they're like, this is how you steer it. <laughs> Anybody can do it. I mean, come on. No, I mean, it, it really blows your mind because, look, people didn't find this thing for like 80 years because it was at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Yeah. Right. And it takes some significant apparatus to get down there safely to take a look. It's at like it. twenty times deeper than like the height of the Empire it's, State Building. It's, it's a really bad idea. It is deeper than Jules Verne could have ever imagined. So, so Wolf actually helpfully pulled up for us the history of how they found found the Titanic in the first place. It was a 
very confidential, highly classified mission to recover a British sub without alerting the Russians that this sub had sunk. Hmm. And in doing so, they actually got a whole bunch of oceanographers who were very well skilled in their job. And it, it, for them to agree to come do that with them, uh, that they would also run around and take a look and see if they could find the Titanic in the process. Because it was basically in the same place. And that's how they discovered the Titanic in the first place. But it was like this exclusively military operation of incredibly sophisticated stuff that found the damn thing. Now these people are getting in a porta pot. That's the thing is, uh, uh, again, I have to go back to the whole, like, if you're a billionaire, I don't get why these people make such stupid decisions. Like, I want to go to the bottom of the ocean or I want to get on a rocket, which is essentially just like thousands of tons of explosives behind your seat to launch you into space. Y you don't deserve the money at that point. You don't deserve... <laughs> The money, your money should have been given away. This guy, if I had to guess, he's going to die. He made a very stupid decision. You want to go to the bottom of the ocean. I want to go to a place where there's no oxygen, right? And 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 risk my life in a porta potty <laughs> for seeing the Titanic, which, uh, like you said, James Cameron's already filmed the thing, man. Mm -hmm. Just watch it on TV. But like, it's good what enough. What are we doing? Like, what are, is this serious? Is this a, like a, a, a sanctioned tourism event where we're like getting think, into some video game thing. controller I, I think we live in a society where everybody is playing pretend every single day and for billionaires it's no different they're yeah. pretending like they're sir edmund hillary but like because but when a rich guy decides he wants to climb mount everest yeah like we don't send a helicopter in to rescue him when he can't get to the summit yeah right yeah. like people and just plenty of them die die, out, die, yeah. die out there you know? I think the numbers, by the way, I've, I've seen lately, it's getting much more perilous. It's, it's gotten to be so so bad. I mean, a couple of people died, you know, this month. Yeah, like last, a week ago. In last month. Yeah. Right. That, like, the number of bodies on Everest is becoming, like... Right, and they don't, they don't bring it down. Problem. They because just they're forever there. preserved, too, because oh, yeah, they're right. frozen and right. stuff. So you're like, you're walking by 70 years of bodies yeah. on the way up to the top. And every once in a while. accomplishment, though, on the way up. Getting the you're bodies. Like, I got further than you did. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, like they're. I kept going. Like those, the bodies are mile markers. <laughs> yeah. Like they're mile markers. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. I can't how like, many people I beat to the top. <laughs> you're like, I guess I'm the king, right? right you could up? do it. I made it. What? What's guess up, you weren't built for this. But I had a really good conspiracy theory about this whole situation. Let's hear it. Tax evasion. What if this billionaire is like, listen, how the hell would anyone find a body on the bottom of the ocean? Right? Uh, listen, if you're a you billionaire, think they, sent, they sent down. Or you think he's faking his death? Faking it. This it, is the most hilarious conspiracy so I've heard. If yet. you're a billionaire, like uh, that's a thousand million dollars. Imagine what a million dollars will do if you're uh, now a thousand of them, right? You're a billionaire. Minimum, you have a thousand of these million dollars, right? You have some kind of a tracker with you. You've got security guards with you wherever you go. You're on top of your shit. You know, very few people make it to a billion dollars. You kind of have to know what you're doing. So he would have a tracker on him if this is real, right? But if he wanted to never pay taxes again, <laughs> if he wanted to, you know, if he's got an island he's bought, want to spend the rest of your but, days there without the IRS. The, oh, oh, you know, the billionaire's dead. Go find the body, buddy. Won't they Go notice, the won't they notice if the, the account starts drawing down on beautiful days in $20 increments in the Exumas? He's, he's married. <laughs> he's married. They're going to be like, oh, the wife's just spending it all up, right? What? what? <laughs> Leave it to Smug to draw up a morbid conspiracy theory about people who are currently under rescue operations 
about whether they're and, going to be there or not. And here's the second thing is so they said that like <laughs> at, yeah at, at last check so in, in theory there's five people on this boat right or on this like little porta potty submarine. They said that uh, they would only have like 24 hours of oxygen left. Yeah. Right. Okay. If you're on that uh, in there with everybody, five people, five of them, and you're like, well, there's only a limited amount of oxygen in here. Sitting at the bottom of the ocean in pitch black conditions. When do you start killing other people? Because for five people, you've got one day left. For one person, you got five days left. What, what's your answer? I mean, it'd be pretty soon. I'd be like, everyone, listen, I'll stay awake in case there's like a rescue that comes for us. Everyone take a nap. You know, it'll help with the he's oxygen. Like, he's like, can you fix it? And the guy's like, I don't think so. I think we're done. He's like, Put straight nose plug and mouth on it. It's either me or you. Like we can all try to survive together, or you know, eventually I try to get people to turn on each other. I mean, it's like Survivor. You want to be the last one. I think it's nightmare. I think you get eaten first. Uh, This is nightmare stuff. It's nightmare stuff. We talked about this a little bit off air today. Yeah, I. You know, it says that they lost comms within an hour and a half of them starting to go down. Just awful. You're still excited about being on the boat, and all of a sudden you're like, huh? I mean, it's if you had to choose, knowing how slim the odds are that they actually recover these people in time, you would almost rather it be some sort of catastrophic thing that ruptures the vessel on the way down than than spending three days in the pitch black trying to not breathe too much so you don't die. Also, just open the door and swim, dude. Come on, give it a shot. No, 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 no. See, that doesn't... Better than dying. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door, If you open the door, you collapse. You can do it. No, you can't. They can do it. Open the door, bro. That's all it is. It's water. Open the door, swim up. Just go up, upwards. That you know where down is, just go here, here's Nothing bad. It's happened. like, I'll wait here and die as opposed to just trying to swim for it. Here's the other thing I don't understand because, you know, they have been moving mountains to try to get, um, you know, a boat in there that can wench them up. Yeah. You know, and, and there's only like three in the world. Apparently, yeah. yeah. And like some other submarine can go down and locate them and, and do whatever. If you can wench them up from that deep down, why not? have a wench on them all the time and have them tethered so that nothing like this could ever happen. Like, what? what's the point? Like, you're not going to run it into, into anything with the line. There's nothing down there that deep. No. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it makes no, it, it, no sense. Like, why go down the, in a Coke can? The kind of people who are going to go to the bottom of the ocean in a Coke can with a video game controller <laughs> are not the kind of people who are going to think maybe we should connect this to the surface. Also, yeah. it, 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 and it gets even worse is it was just revealed the CEO of OceanGate, that's the company which runs this little submarine operation. The CEO of OceanGate, which is operating the missing Titanic tourist submarine, explains that the company didn't want to hire any experienced, quote, 50-year-old white guys because they weren't, quote, inspirational. Oh, yeah. No, so DEI so is going to kill DEI. Incredible. The DEI. You're like, listen, they may be dead, but we are a very diverse, <laughs> equitable organization. Yeah. They died an equitable death. Check out our ESG score. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. It's very, very talk- good for the environment to put our shithouse at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. Can I, can I just talk about, like, the threshold issue of deciding I'm going to risk life and limb in a video game porta potty <laughs> to go look at the fucking titanic yeah i don't i don't get it like what what's the point it's the titan it's this is a ship that crashed a hundred years ago it's in the bottom of the sea probably dust and seaweed like it's probably not a lot to it right like at the end of the day you're like oh what a oh 
Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw when we rolled credits on the Titanic, the movie. Yeah, like, I think I saw it all. I Got it. I'm I'm good. I'm all set. Like I don't need a little display inside the Coke can to show it to me in real time. Like, but it's like that the way you're gonna do it. Like I understand at some level the people who are like, I want to go to space. Mm-hmm. Right. I understand that because it's it's first of all just incredibly rare. It is it it is impossible to imagine what's beyond Earth and everything else. And just to say you did that in your lifetime, I get it. But you're like, hey, I'm gonna go see a sunken boat. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. Like when you, you wouldn't do that either. When you have a billion dollars, like let me tell you, the secret of life is a really good beach, good food, and good people. Like that's all you really need. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Never have to punch into work. If you never have to do anything you don't want to do, and you can afford anything, enjoy your like. Oh, I want to do some adventurous shit that could kill me. I think <laughs> this is a great lesson. God but, knows you're going to pay the price. Let's be honest about what the Titanic is. It's a watery gravesite, and yeah. what the Canadians have done with the Edmund Fitzgerald, God rest its soul, and everybody who's 29 men who are down below with it, they ban people from diving on the on the Edmund Fitzgerald because is it still at the bottom? Yeah, because it's it's a gravesite. So yeah. they try to show deference to the people who point. who perished in yeah. that. It does seem track. weird. It does seem weird. But that's, to be like, that's, I want to go see where people were like screaming and drowning. Gordon Lightfoot, R.I.P. Yeah, the Edmund Fitzgerald is sitting at the bottom of Lake Superior, and that's where it's going to stay. And I just it, the whole thing is madness. Yeah, obviously you hope that these people get out alive. I feel like that ship has you you make poor decisions and and you have to live the consequences we'll see horrible thing that they've done we'll keep you updated um all right so the second thing that everybody's talking about the hunter biden poor decisions (laughs) the king of them but he never has the consequences well not really uh so this is about hunter biden reaching a plea deal on his uh, uh guilty plea basically in tax and gun case According to MSN, uh, President Biden's son, Hunter, has reached a tentative agreement with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to two minor tax crimes and admit to the facts of a gun charge under terms that would probably keep him out of jail, according to court papers filed on Tuesday. Any proposed plea deal would have to be approved by a federal judge. Both the prosecutors and the defense counsel have requested a court hearing at which Hunter Biden, 53, can enter his plea. Um, so we've been talking about this two systems of justice thing. Mm -hmm. And at the outset, I feel obligated to say, I feel no obligation to excuse criminal crimes for people I politically support in order to criticize people who are not obligated or not, not held accountable for crimes that they have committed. All that being said pretty hard to ignore how this took like a year and a half and at the end of the day like what is he he can pay a fine that's the thing is i think it's incredibly clear that because of his last name he gets a way out of this bro he gets pre-trial diversion yep you know pre-trial diversion there was a so uh this rapper kodak black had like the exact same kind of charge and was in jail for three years Mm. right and his attorney was tweeting he was mad about this he was like how the hell do you get that kind of a, like he he's like i had a very wealthy client who was able to pay for the top flight defense and they had to do three years and that was like a great outcome in that situation the the, the detail he didn't have he must not have had kanye and kim k on well, the case though. well that's a, yeah 
But ASAP knows how to get that done. But at the same time, you look at the exact gun. You have Joe Biden who says that, like, listen, Jack, we're going to make tough gun laws. So he wants to punish all these Americans who are legally exercising the Second Amendment right that they have to have a gun. Mm -hmm. But when it's time for his son, who has broken the law, been irresponsible, been on drugs, the gun was thrown out of the window in a school zone. Yeah, I would love in a school zone. Kids could have grabbed this gun. And, and and you don't face consequences for that? If anybody's listening to this from like, I don't know, like RNC Research or, you know, any of the comm shops on the Hill, I'd be very curious how many congressional Democrats voted for bills that increase penalties for people who lied on gun forms Ooh. and how they feel about Hunter Biden uh, not serving any jail time oh, for doing the same. Oh, what a little piece of research. Or, or, you know, how many congressional Democrats uh, voted for stiffer penalties for tax evasion, or I don't know, to have the government be able to search our Venmo accounts, mm. but they're okay with him not serving jail time for not paying taxes on over a million, million dollars, dollars, a million dollars, and they're gonna they're gonna stop the tax cheats in America. Yeah. Like get the fuck out of here. They spent the entire Inflation Reduction Act explaining to everybody how it is that the millionaires and the billionaires, uh huh. We're cheating their taxes, which is why you needed eighty thousand yeah. more tax yeah. agents. And then Ukrainian the Ukrainian gas company expert Hunter Biden <laughs> commits tax fraud, and they're like, you know what? This 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 proves their justice system works. Yeah, yeah, because he said the word guilty. <laughs> I mean, it is it actually is pretty amazing. God, it it genuinely. So here's the part of debate that I think is most interesting here. Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, uh, the lead prosecutor on the case, said the investigation is ongoing, quote unquote, mm. suggesting that matters beyond the tax and gun issues are still under scrutiny. Uh, I don't, listen, Biden's I, attorney. Biden's attorney said and White, Weiss is a Trump appointee, I think. So, but Biden said the long-running criminal investigation involving the president's son is, quote unquote, is resolved. Mm. So there's obviously a discrepancy here. Mm -hmm. There are two ways to look at this. Either A, it's not resolved and there's more there that they're looking into, perhaps the payments from Burisma, the payments to China, the whether or not the big man was a part of it, all that stuff, which would be understandable because there is a lot of information out there. Or the fact that you keep an investigation ongoing means that none of the documents related to this case are releasable. Well, that's interesting. I, I don't hadn't thought about it. You very, can't, very interesting. They, they will not and cannot release investigative material related to ongoing investigations to Jamie Comer's committee, for example. Mm -hmm. If they close the investigation, well, that is a very, it's open very... sesame. So the question is, are we talking about serious stuff here? Or, or is it we, a cover-up? Or are we talking about a cover-up? Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but it feels like after these charges, this can't be the best they can do with that, right? Right, right. It so, better not be. Unless Hunter's co a cooperating witness and something that is ongoing and being investigated. That's always a possibility. It's possible. And like, look, color as skeptical about this particular Justice Department pursuing something serious mm -hmm. given the backdrop yep. of everything we've experienced over the last several years but it's an interesting debate and it's one that you as a listener and a viewer ought to think about because that's the piece that everything everybody's sort of like skated through 
you know, it's like, oh, well, the Biden thing's done. Uh, this is what the charges are. It's processy, 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 moving on. Republicans are pissed. Remember, like, all day yesterday on CNN? Right. Oh, Republicans are pissed. Blah, 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 blah. But in the end, there's actually a very real thing here, which is the Comer committee is trying to get to the bottom of whether or not there is financial malfeasance and payments to the Biden family through Hunter and through his relationships with China and Burisma and everything else that went to other members of the family. And my guess is there's a fair amount of investigative documentation that would prove a tax fraud case mm -hmm. involved in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, does that mean he can't get it? I guess not. I mean, I don't know. I, it, we need to have Comer on. Yeah. We need to talk about this. Yeah. Because that, that, is, that is something that caught my eye immediately mm -hmm. as it pertained to all of this stuff. On the other side of the coin, you've got President Trump, which, as you recall, we had a good conversation when these charges dropped about uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, mm -hmm. uh, saying that he wanted a speedy trial. Well, he wasn't kidding. Uh, they set an August trial date for the Trump documents case. Uh, this is according to Axios. A federal judge in Florida on Tuesday set a preliminary start date of August 14th mm. for the criminal trial of President Trump in connection to his handling of classified documents. That tells me a couple things. The first is that the government itself is pretty confident with what they've already in obtained in feeling like they can move forward quickly. The second is the speedy trial thing is just no joke. Now, I've been told, and I'm not a lawyer, but I've been told that there's no question this is going to be pushed back mm. and that it is very reasonable that the Trump attorneys will suggest, I don't know, make a motion, however you do it, that you push this back and give them time to prepare for this case. So it's not going to happen on the 14th, but the window beyond, it's not like it's like, well, it's not going to happen the 14th, so it'll happen in 2025. It's not obviously going to happen either. Well, because the judge said that all pretrial motions should be filed by July 24th. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they could, fi they could file a ton of challenges and get further than that August 14th trial date that's been set. But I don't know how much further they could push it out. Now, I mean, they could delay it for a while, but... Like you said, this thing isn't going to last until 2025. I mean, you could understand how they do 90 days. Mm -hmm. You could understand how they could maybe get to the end of the year. I find it very hard to believe that you're not in trial by the time Iowa caucus starts. Yeah, right, right. Which right. is, look, wow. that's a really big development here that, I, again, I feel like everybody's breezing through. Everybody talks about, well, you know, it's a, is he going to go to jail? Is he not going to go to jail? What's the process of all this stuff? The reality is the Republican primary voters are going to be picking the person that we absolutely have to have win against Joe Biden in the midst of this in, in all likelihood, which is an incredible wrinkle to all of this. I mean, I, I think it further reinforces the idea that, especially when juxtaposed with the Hunter Biden thing, of how there are two tiers of justice in this country. How long did it take for any of this Hunter Biden stuff, which was a, an issue during the previous campaign in 2020 when the media and everyone told us it's Russian disinformation, none of this Hunter Biden stuff is real. All that time they've had to, number one, lie to voters during the election that, oh, this is all made up. And all the years since, 
And what do we have is is he gets a slap on the wrist. Right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you've got the leading Republican presidential primary candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're real fast with that. Yeah, you know what I don't care for? More than anything, what I don't care for is as they're dealing with the Hunter Biden thing, at no point was there a Department of Justice announcement in a big sort of show Mm -hmm. of the indictment and the charges Mm -hmm. and the and like there's two ways of handling all of these things one way is to work with attorneys and try to bring you know you bring the charges you think are appropriate you can talk to about a plea deal you can do all these kind of things which ultimately is what hunter biden got himself into Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's unfair based on the evidence they had or not i don't know i don't know and i kind of don't care what I do care about is that there was never a big show of it by the Department mm-hmm. of Justice. Whereas in the Trump situation, it's like... They were tweeting out photos of all these documents they're laying out. Yeah, well, they laid the, and they laid the groundwork right. for three weeks with process stories in the New York Times and the Washington right. Post. Right, half, half of this country thinks that there are two systems of justice. Half of this country thinks that the FBI and the DOJ is after Republicans in a way that they're not after Democrats. And if this... Hunter Biden plea deal is an effort to try to say no. Wait a minute, actually no. It's we 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 can go after Democrats too. That comes up way 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 short, and it's also beside the point. The point, the concern of all these Republicans out there who think there are two systems of justice is that how about we have justice that is nonpartisan? How about we have a system that doesn't look at party first? How about they don't think about well, we need to even it up and make it look like we're going after a Democrat so we can Which actually go for the feels Republican. like, by the way. That's the problem. I mean, that, that's what it feels like. Because every Republican has been wringing their hands and screaming and yelling about how there's no resolution to the Hunter Biden case at all for years. And then all of a sudden they bring charges and then two weeks later they, they resolve the Biden case. And it's like, oh, are we doing eye for eye situations here? Right. Yeah. Like, even if it is eye for eye, that's not like, how it's, justice it's, works. It's not a congressional committee. It's supposed to be above all of that. Yeah. And it's, it is it is really like what they did this week did not do anything to help people feel more confident in these institutions. Well, I think, I mean, just, just to play devil's advocate on this for a second, I think it, when you're dealing with a candidate for president of the United States like Donald Trump, they had to do that sort of talking indictment where they explained their entire fact pattern don't you do have to like do that pages. for the son of the president of the united so, states so, so, I think so. so i think i think the answer there is with the ongoing investigation component of this if they were charging him with anything that implicated joe biden himself then i think you would have to lay out all of the evidence and the timeline of events into some sort of talking indictment but with the tax evasion stuff and the gun charge it's it's pretty cut and dry hmm. I think I think just to just to give them I think their fair due and why they might have made that determination I think that's the reason why what we see is the dog and pony show on Donald Trump is actually trying to lay out things for the public to be able to have their own public debate yeah right and I think I but the, I mean but like if if they would have if they would have indicted Donald Trump and they did it in a one page release and said uh we think he has some documents and he didn't turn them all over I don't think that would have been better is what I'm saying. 
Oh, okay. All right. No, I I can see I can see your point. Like, do you th- like people would be m- even more outraged, even more outraged? Yeah, like, if you didn't provide like tra- any detail, right? The tra- I think transparency and all of this stuff is is good. I just wish we everybody just had it. They're, they're, right. They're, we right. haven't gotten it on the other end. Exactly, and that and that's what I'm. Yeah. They're talking about four hundred years of prison for Donald Trump, right? And then they're saying that this guy's going to get a fine and a pretrial, like you know. And it's not. Look, these are not comparable allegations by any stretch of the imagination yeah hunter had a gun they're not they're not they're not comparable <laughs> yeah. edu- allegations all that being said the fact that we haven't had a national debate about the fact that hunter had a gun and threw it in a school zone and the fact that he's had ta- tax evasion on what exactly right was it the chinese income mm-hmm. was it the burisma income mm-hmm have we had a national debate about that at all? I don't know what it is that he's not declared his income. Yeah, I would love to How see do I the not timeline know of those things. How do I know? Because that directly right. implicates the, the public debate because right. either one of two things. I don't even need to involve the, the big man. Like, yeah. if that's where it leads, terrific. But outside of that, at a minimum, you're dealing with a guy wholly unqualified to represent energy companies in Ukraine, pulling down eight figures to sit on a board, the, whatever advice he may give other than like smoking crack and trying to uh, foot fetish tie hookers. I don't know. It's like, it, I, I it don't is know. Ama- it's amazing to me your recall on the specific details of the Hunter Biden laptop. <laughs> I'm a little concerned at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that adds to it because like it is so brazen that it's on video. And the media tells you, don't believe your lying eyes. This is Russian disinformation. It was on video because they know they can get away with it. They showed more pictures of Donald Trump's bathroom than they ever showed of Hunter Biden's anything from his laptop. Right. And I just think that... And and sign John up for the Hunter Biden anything, by the way. the, The media bias adds to these concerns about justice bias in this country. Yeah. And, and I, I, it, I, but I, but it all, it's all one and the same because I, you don't get media bias unless you become like state media and you're just dealing with the government's account of how things work. You don't just create it out of thin air. There was like the Justice Department had to come up with a narrative on all of these things that they have pushed into the media. There was, and that's how we have what we have. There was mm-hmm. one network anchor that said, "Quote: This isn't a slap on the wrist. This is this is anything. This is much much more stronger than that." Like, it, what what is it that makes the media uh, uh, reflexively play press secretary for the Justice Department when it comes to their narrative on Democrats? Yeah, I mean, I think. Can, you know. I, can I read one thing? This is from uh, Katie Rogers at the New York Times. This is a, a Peter Baker at the New York Times article. It says, quote, a gaping wound in his heart and the most sensitive soft spot in his campaign armor. Talking about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Oh, this is the no. aftermath of this. Oh, no. They're like, isn't this sad? It's so sad. It's so sad what's been done to Joe Biden. And oh, he traded on his son. name. He traded on his name and he, he took all this money and didn't pay taxes. This is in the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. Who's trying to be like, these people are victims. Right. The ones who are tax cheats, right. throwing guns in school <laughs> you know zones. And now go over to our op-ed section. We'll tell you why the rich aren't paying their fair share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's they, so true. They, I know. They, they make Joe Biden sound like Lakota woman. Bury his heart at wounded knee. <laughs> He's un- having such a hard time because can, Hunter Biden's showing his crank on Twitter. Can you believe it? <laughs> can, I mean, it is just stunning that they are covering for this group of 
criminals and degenerates like they don't the, the other thing that they never bring up when they talk about the the the, the details of this gun charges the woman who threw the gun out his gun out in the school zone who they say oh it was a woman who he was seeing at the time yeah that was his brother's widow Aye. these are very sick people Aye. with very clear problems when your brother's widow who you're sleeping with is throwing guns out windows in school zones and I, you get you get a slap on the wrist. I just <sighs> my prediction is is it is charges as, real as charges. Soo- as soon as Gavin Newsom has moved into the fray officially as the Dems' choice, Joe Biden will be he he he's going to get. Is that really your take? Come up, it's I, I do. Th- I think I think that wow. they're. I think Gavin Newsom is in the wings, and Democrats have him sort of idling on the side in case the Republicans get somebody other than Trump as their nominee, and then Joe Biden's moved aside. The press is going to be vicious because what we've all learned is yes, there's a left right bias. But the up-down bias is much, much stronger than the left-right bias. Wow. Interesting. And, and as soon as Joe Biden is down, Gavin Newsom is up, Biden is toast. Hmm. Here's my final thought on this. Unlike a lot of conservatives, I, I, I'm not interested in throwing Hunter Biden in jail. I have no interest in increased punishment or anything outside. I don't want an eye for the eye. I don't want any of that shit. But I think it's unbelievable to me. That the Department of Justice, the FBI, all the U.S. attorneys involved have not come to the conclusion that they have a very real and significant trust deficit with more than half of this country. Right. And the fact of the matter is, is they can't actually do their job, whether it's law enforcement or prosecution, right. without the trust and faith in the American people. Because, look, we're all one stone's throw away from a riot. You're all one not obeying one red light away from just chaos and anarchy and all of this is a trust marketplace that we have decided by the people of america to be governed by a system of laws Mm -hmm. and if you don't trust that and if you think that there is a bias in that there is nothing that you can do in this country to create anarchy quicker than that I mean, we, we, you think about things like the Civil War, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but you think about things like the Civil War, you think about things that, that have like truly divided this country in, in horrible, awful ways. You have to come to the conclusion that ultimately it's about a lack of trust in the institutions that serve you, the American citizen. And whether they be ideological concerns, whether they be humanitarian concerns, whether they're both in the issue of slavery and everything else, Ultimately, at the end of the day, if they can't resolve this in a very serious way, like no amount of press releases telling me that Hunter Biden has been adjudicated and we're good here is ever going to erase what happened with Russiagate. Mm-hmm. It's never going to hap- erase what's happened with Jim Comey. It's never going to hap- erase what happened with the dossier and Hillary Clinton and the, the hijacking of four years of this country's debate and the ruining of the first few years of this president. So, so I think it's actually larger than the investigations and DOJ and Russiagate and all of that sort of stuff. I think sort of I mean, I think the reason why we have such a low trust society is more than just those things. It's also. I think people think there are people in our society who the rules just don't apply to. And you go back to, you know, COVID and lockdowns, and then you turn on uh, 
the news and it's a picture at the Met Gala and yeah. all, all the help that are carrying the trains for AOC got to wear masks, but she doesn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. Yep. She won't get in trouble for not wearing a mask. That's right. You know, but you will lose your job if you don't take the vaccine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think for your average person, they look at a society that operates that way where some people, the rules don't apply to them. And they look at a thing like Hunter Biden and they're like, well, that makes sense. And that's why I do. And that's, I do want I want Hunter Biden in jail. I want him humiliated. I want Joe Biden to cry. I want to see that. We I mean, deserve that. We went through a summer where small businesses in this country were set to the torch. Every major city in this country was burned. And all those people got pardons from these left-wing governors and were told, the CDC said, it's actually worse for your health to to uh, not go out and riot than it is to uh, be exposed to COVID. Yeah. Like, all the institutions have failed us. Show us we should believe in something. And the only way you do that is to show that no one is above the law, not this crooked family of, of, of grifters who currently occupy the White House, who we have a record of getting money wired in from China. This guy's on video with prostitutes, crack, and guns, okay? Name an American other than, if your last name is Biden, who could have prostitutes, guns on video and not do time. Yeah, it's yep. a good point. Yep. It's a solid point. I can't argue with it. All right, so I want to shift topics real quick. Do you guys see that Alito decided to just absolutely blowtorch? It was wonderful. ProPublica on this? Wonderful. I, I imagine, Smug, you were pretty pretty interested in this deal. Huge. So uh, I've been telling folks on Twitter, this story broke, I think it was the Daily Caller who had it a couple of days ago, that ProPublica, who's been attacking- They started uh, with-, with the, Justice Thomas. The Clarence Thomas stuff about like- the, his friend, he took trips with his friend and all that. And then so, he went on to Gorsuch and his property. And then he went to try to say that Roberts' wife, because she was employed, some attorney thing, she was also on the take. And then now they're getting into Alito. I mean, and hilarious so, how all of the lefty grifters have stayed out of it, miraculously uh, out of the, all and, of these and, stories. And that's what's important. Is so it, the Daily Caller broke the news that tens of millions of dollars from left-wing dark money donors went to ProPublica ahead of these hits. This is a left-wing donor-funded hit mm -hmm. to try to. They've you've seen this for a while now. You saw uh, uh, since the Dobbs leak that I know everybody knows it was a left-wing justice who, who leaked that out because they wanted to activate these left-wing activists to besiege the homes of justices and their families. That is still going on over a year. Them and their children have looked out the windows and there's psychopaths screaming at them in violation of the law. You're not allowed to do that to judges, but you know, our justice department does not follow the rules anymore. Living under these conditions now, the next step has been for these groups to fund ProPublica to be like, okay, let's try to, let's try to fund lies and hits on these people. Even after a left-wing activist tried to assassinate Justice Kavanaugh, the press is completely complicit in pushing this. Literally, the press is getting paid to push this. So what uh, uh, Justice Alito does is in the Wall Street Journal op-ed, he publishes, hey, so I was contacted by ProPublica. Here are their questions. Yeah. They were trying to do uh, a, a smear job on me, and here's what ended up happening. And the story is he went fishing. It, literally, he went fishing. Yeah. Right? And ProPublica is like, oh, my God, this is – he was bribed. And this is a clear violation. And, 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 and it was really good. He put in his op-ed where he was like, one of the lies that you're going to see is they're going to try to say that this was some like opulent like event. So he goes on this fishing trip. They, he's in a, a one bedroom shack, right? If anyone's been to Alaska on a fishing trip, you know what I'm talking about, right? In the 15 years since that happened, <laughs> the property was purchased by some company and turned into like a resort 
And so ProPublica is trying to say they he's- pushed the resort? They pushed the resort. No way. So they are straight up lying to mm. people about this. Why? The, 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 it's very clear why. Because the Supreme Court is the last line of defense this country has. The left has absolute control over academia, corporations. They've got the White House. They're pushing their agenda right. any way they want. The only thing stopping them, the only thing that is holding the Constitution to protect us from this absolute control is the Supreme Court. The, and the one institution now they are hell-bent on destroying is the Supreme Court. It's the only thing standing in their way. The honest, honest, honestly, I think the next confirmation hearing, I want to know two things, that you will respect and follow the Constitution, and if you can catch a King Salmon. It <laughs> <laughs> was, was really great. Is, because if you, can't, if you can't, then you aren't a real American. Yeah. There was a photo they put of, of Scalia on this uh, uh, fishing trip with them, right? And it just makes him look, they, they were scandalized. By Make this. him look fucking baller. It looks like, he looks like such a boss. So apparently <laughs> he, he grabbed some ice from the water, cracked it into glasses, and is making martinis. Yeah. That tells you, like, this is not a yacht, this is folks. A, it's a, it's <laughs> this a, is a fishing, fishing boat. <laughs> and, like, we're guys who've been fishing. This is not an extravagant thing. But again... But, to, to, yeah, to, yeah, to your point, Smug, the left controls every institution mm -hmm. in this country, and they like to pretend like they care about transparency but when somebody goes ProPublica on ProPublica mm. it makes them very uncomfortable it does right? because it, it exposes what they're they all they care about is power all they want all they is want is power. power all they want is power and so when you shed a little bit of light on what it is they're doing behind the scenes they squirm it was let, let me just let me just summarize as to why you care about it because nobody reads ProPublica nobody goes to the website I mean this is this might as well be printed on the back side of a napkin at a restaurant that you throw away after a cocktail but the problem is, is that in Washington DC when you print something like this as was evidenced by the case against they made against Clarence Thomas is that every single journalist on Capitol Hill then uses the information that was printed in ProPublica to badger the shit mm -hmm. out of every single Republican, every single conservative, to ask whether or not they have faith and trust yeah. in the system. Have they been asking all those Senate Democrats about Hunter Biden? Yes. I, I don't feel like Just like Duncan been, said. I haven't seen anybody running around asking if they, if they think, you know, stiffer gun penalties ap and, apply to and, Hunter. And what they're trying to do <clears throat> and I know this is going to sound super simple to all of you who do this for a living, but for our audience who doesn't, what they're trying to do is get a couple of Republicans to crack on it. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get a, a couple of Republicans to say like, oh yeah, you know what, maybe we should reform this system. Yeah. Division in the ranks of the Republican And then caucus. they write the rules of how you try to reform the system, <laughs> right, which right. only uniquely qualify and disqualify people that they disagree with. Right. Right? And so, you know, when you see... Over the years, when you see guys like Mitch McConnell or, you know, various House Republican leaders uh, appearing just totally obstinate, partisan obstinate when it comes to shit like this, it's because they won't let it in the door. Right. Right. When you ask him the question and he's just like, basically, go fuck yourself. Right. That's what's going on because they know the whole feedback loop. Right. They know what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to divide two or three members on key committees they can make a difference in terms of a vote where congress all of a sudden has some kind of a say in reforming a system that would disqualify people for no reason whatsoever right. and and i want to say what well, is very clear 
is if you you can see that this is a left wing funded attack because ProPublica is trying to make some sort of like a corruption investigation into was a Supreme Court justice corrupted by a fishing trip, but they are not publishing articles over is a U.S. president corrupted by the fact that, according to the Treasury Department, nine members of the Biden family have had money wired to them from China? We haven't seen what a do you word think, about it. What do you think is a bigger example of corruption? Yeah, is it yeah. a fishing trip or is it millions wired from China? Yeah, certainly they don't want to uh, hold the powerful to account. It's 100 percent right. a left wing right. dark money right. funded attack right. Right. to try to take down the Supreme Court and have total control. So, I think it's incredibly important for conservatives to be very concerned about this because well, they're right. trying to undermine the Supreme Court. What, right. what, one right. more thing, and this is on your your point. Not, just, not just conservatives, everybody, everyone, every American. Steve Guest, friend of the program, works for uh, Senator Cruz, tweeted out that ProPublica is funded by the Sadler Foundation which has given millions of dollars to a new venture fund. And mm -hmm. if you're a longtime listener of the program, you know that they're at the epicenter of this web of dark money groups on the left that in turn uh, gave half a million dollars to demand justice. I mean, the people, the people yeah, organizing all the protests outside, the court. who want to pack the court. And they organize the, the siege the of siege. the justice homes. They literally yeah. want to change the number of justices uh -huh. that a president can appoint so they can overwhelm a Republican majority. Right, mm -hmm. right. One other thing I would say to our listeners, because it actually came up today earlier in the office, if you get a chance, watch the frontline um, documentary called Supreme revenge is banger and the reason why is you, you you understand that the battle over the court and the reason why they're looking for all these chinks in the armor on the republican side is because we've been successful in advancing a constitutionalist beaten their ass. philosophy on the supreme court but it's been a 40-year project of our party yeah and, and there have been so many high stakes moments going all the way back to bork yep you gotta watch that thing on frontline because it's going to give you all the relevant facts when you're arguing with your lib uncle mm -hmm. about why they're wrong and we're right oh it's so good Damn right. and bring it up again in thanksgiving as yes. we always do yeah um all right so it, it, we got to get to this because we get, we're gonna play a game today but there's one more topic we got to get to Smog brought this up the other day, mm -hmm. and I actually didn't know this was a thing. It's crazy. But I'm I'm outraged. I am too. And I am befuddled. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. I am told, there's a story here. Why is everyone watching TV with subtitles on? Yes. MSN. Now subtitles are everywhere. In fact, they may already be on our default mode. According to Preston Smalley, Roku's vice president of viewer product, a 2022 internal survey revealed that 58% of subscribers use subtitles. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen this. <clears throat> so, wait, 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 let me just break this down. When you're watching a show or mm -hmm. a movie, what this means is you are watching it with the writing on the bottom. At all times. At all times. Now, I don't need to remind most of you. Maybe some people this has all showed up and you never even thought about it. It's for the deaf. It is. It's it intended is made to be for hearing impaired. For the deaf. If you can't hear your television set, you can read along and enjoy the experience. 58% mm -hmm. of Americans are now using this, and you are one of them. I am one of them. And let me tell you why. It's, it's, very, it's very, very straightforward. We have the subtitles on at all times at our house. And you want to know why? Because I got a hair trigger, okay? 
if I can't hear you're, you're kidding. what I'm what I'm focused in on, then I'm hitting the ba- the back ten seconds thing over and over and over again in my house. It's a cacophony of noise. A Is, cacophony of noise. Hold on. I have a one year old and I have a three year old. Right? You you th- they don't make a peep. I've watched a football game at your okay. place. They were if, angels. If, if it's not if it's if it's not if it's not like that they're just being loud in general they're pushing a button on on some toy and it's making it it's making a noise Duncan is overblowing or, this his or, kids are just or angels. They're, they're throwing they're throwing stuff around or they're wrestling don't play and, the kids for the subtitles and dude. so and so if i want to watch 60 minutes like i have to have the subtitles Wait, on you watch 60 minutes number one that I, is I, also I, very I, concerning i still i still watch 60 minutes i don't uh, care dude wow but yeah, i'm with you I, dude, dude, it, it like it used to be fantastic they still have one good package almost every act yeah, one but, thing but, one thing one thing if if your lie that your children are loud were true it is true let me tell you a hack you tell the kids to be quiet okay <laughs> <laughs> all right smug 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 smug, smug parenting smug, hacks smug just smug. i grew up in a home we should we should I, put I that my this father bullshit. wanted to watch hear, cnbc I, I don't hear it. it was you can hear pin drop. i don't want to hear any more put, put, that, put oh. that on a coffee cup and sell it oh. smug <laughs> Tell the kids to be quiet. All, all, all I'm saying, Work for us. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, Smug, Smug just signed himself up for some babysitting. Oh, okay. yeah. Babysitting your kids would be a dream. They're the best kids. They're, they're absolutely they're great. silent. They're we great. would never trust him. But I'm wonderful I'm, children. Look, I'm not trying to trim their sails. They're having fun, you know. So it's not a big deal for me but to put Dad on the wants subtitles. To see the thing. So, but but let me let me. That's a very specific situation. But dude, it's like eighty percent of my life. No, no. But but okay. So. Let's presume I'm going to just give that a pet because it's a good argument. Don't get me wrong. It's a good argument. 58% of the American people watch with subtitles. Yeah, that's a little high. These I mean, are even these are even like, you know, single people. He, he, the only watching with the, subtitles. the two times is like when I'm watching when I get back home from work and like it's just going to be loud in the house and they got to be on or if we put the 1-year-old down like you take them off after the after the kids go to sleep oh you oh you got to turn the volume down well you got to turn the volume down and so you want them on there just as like you know you watch some shows where like the audio isn't properly oh yeah you know what i mean yeah they do music high music. yeah high music and so like you can't really hear what they're saying we're getting into it so 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 sometimes when we're watching like a late night show like you want the subtitles on still but like if i'm watching like a game like like a football like i don't have subtitles on for the football okay like because that's sacred time to me sports are out right that is sacred time to me and i will not be interrupted for that but any other time you know it's it's how about movies movies you watch the subtitles on no Okay, so I think the issue here, number one, is people need subtitles because they think that the TV is is supposed to... Everyone's TV now is essentially just like a flat little postage stamp thing, right? You don't have those nice CRTs anymore, the 4 by 3 You think it's a sound issue. It's a sound issue. The furniture piece. The, 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 The speakers that they put on TVs now are the size of a quarter. Not even kidding you, right? Just get a sound bar. Get a sound bar. You can get a $50 sound bar and you will hear it clear as day. Instead of putting subtitles on the TV is absolute insanity. Craziness. When you're watching a movie, right, like all this, you know, you, you can watch a, one of, like, Godfather. Imagine watching Godfather, well, it's, right? It's a sign, and it's now a sign of schizophrenia you're, you're, if you're watching I'm not, that. You're reading Godfather? It's insane. You can't it's do insanity. it. Yeah, you miss yeah, everything. Yeah, but you know what? Here's one other thing, and this is another little curveball for you. There's some heavy accents in Godfather. Try to watch Peaky Blinders without subtitles. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's helpful. The Italians. 
the it's Ita- hard to understand Italians. The, the Italians Sometimes just the like English. Italian How sounds. the hell did you guys make this into an Italian segment? <laughs> I mean, it's so, like that meme I'm of sorry, the Sopranos photo it. where it's just like Italian noises. And like, <laughs> I can't believe you guys figured out a way You're to telling make me this you understand Italian. Luca Brasi. I'm telling Every you time, the fact dude. that I can't is part of the <laughs> It's part of the deal. It's like what makes the movie. It's like today? they're just doing some Italian things. Oh, you know, so someone's yeah, about to get shot. Oh, look, that's real authentic. I love not knowing what they're talking about. Yeah, no, no, I'm just <laughs> real authentic stuff there. I know it's super. I mean, that's what it's authentic is like. You don't know what an Italian is saying, but then someone gets shot. It okay, makes sense. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I opened this can of worms. Ashbrook, have you ever watched a movie with subtitles? Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I'm not. I, I I don't see the controversy here. To be honest really? with you, I, I I really don't. If the house is loud around you, I got kids too who are running around. Yeah, if, right. if if house is if the house is loud, I turn on subtitles to watch a baseball game so I can hear what they're saying and I can turn the volume down a little bit. If nobody's around, I don't turn them on. I turn the volume. So on. what we're saying is that this is entirely a derivative of children. That's well, a, that's, for, well no, for, for me, it's for me, it's just a pra- it's a practical but, thing. If the house yeah. is loud around you, you turn them on so that I can make sure. Again, I'm, Ashbrook, it's and number one, I, I've met one of your daughters who is a very kind. She called me Mister Smug. Great kids. I I do not believe for a second they're they, anything but little angels. But they got they got friends. You can always, friends are always everybody's running tell around. Friends, be quiet. But I think <laughs> I, I, I think home. This is my point, home. Holmes is playing. I'm watching 50, the game. Fifty eight percent is way That's too high, way high. For, for the percentage of the population that has, you know, kids, you know, in, that, that has to have those subtitles if, on. If you're a twenty something, yeah, sitting in your apartment uh, after work watching well, that's TV whole, with that's, subtitles, that's a sign of an acute mental condition. No, that's like that's, yeah, that's a psychopathic I think it's re- a societal problem. I think it's it re- is a societal problem. I think it's related to internet usage. That right? should be an actionable item that we need as a country to Like address. everybody needs to think, watch shows. I think Duncan is right. It yeah. could be a thing like all the TikToks you watch, yeah. it's like all the words they put on the screen. Wait, yeah. shut up. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. If that's it, we need to take action. I think action. it is. We it's need like, to take action. It's like you can only understand movies in like the character length of a tweet. You need to demonstrate your lack of hearing in yeah. order to get subtitles. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, well, I want to be... It should be the same thing as like getting a parking permit. You want to park in the front, you want to subtitles on our TV, yeah, you got you you to show up to the DMV. Oh, you want to... Prove, Sam- prove you're hard of hearing. You want a Samsung? Here's a hearing test. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll tell you what TV you can get. 100%. Absolutely. That's the answer. And if you don't have kids, it's just like you're... you're Not getting, I, I don't Not even care. Happening. I don't even care if you are hard of hearing. Here's your TV. Unbelievable. All right, let's play a game. He, I'm happy to announce, by the way, we're going to play King of the Hill as we always do on Thursday, but I'm happy to announce for, for the first time ever, I will be donning the robe. I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. Me, me too, because fairness is always important it's, to the program, and well, that's I what we'll get that. today. Well, I appreciate so, that, counsel. A- a- Ashbrook, I, well, I'll be bailiff today. And Thank a- you. Ashbrook, uh, you have our defending champion, Dowd? Matt Dowd, yes, Matt right. Dowd. Um, and Smug, you're going to be in on this. And who are you bringing to the table? Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt. It's been a long time. It has. Um, well, that's fantastic. Let's go ringside. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill. In the red corner, fighting from his back porch in Utah, the old hat man, Steve Schmidt. And now, in the blue corner, fighting from an empty campaign office in Texas, and current champion of the world, 
old Matthew Mail Pattern Down. God, it's just, it's just so good. <laughs> you know, no wonder that guy hates us. Oh man, he hates awesome. us so much. Which Remember when love. he was he was accusing me of working for foreign governments for a while? I, dude, he just he just makes shit up. <laughs> so funny. Oh, so good. Okay. All right, uh, councils, I hope you're prepared. I'd like to open up with the champion, Mr. Dowd. Your argument, please. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, may it please the court. Uh, before we begin here, bailiff. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, as bailiff, I didn't enforce the rules of the court here. Please. There's a little bit of consternation of people going very long uh, last week. Mm -hmm. And so... We'd like to shorten it up. If, if, we're, if we're not... You know, I'm gonna be. And, and this, yeah, I, I'm gonna recommend the judge and jury hold some people in contempt. I appreciate that, okay. bailiff. All right. Yeah. Good luck with Ashbrook. That is well taken. Okay. I'm confident. Confident, your honor will be very fair. Okay. Proceed, sisters and brothers. Today is the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere and the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. As the world turns and the seasons of the natural world come inevitably. <laughs> May. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to let me finish. May you be filled with wonder and hope <laughs> for the days and years ahead. <laughs> Close quote. Come on. Come on. Is that's it? Just I'm weird. going to ask a couple of questions of counsel. Uh, the first is uh, there's no quotation marks on. Uh, around any of this none whatsoever it's all a self-driven mm -hmm. quotation would you, uh am i allowed to say the time of day this was tweeted that was my second question so i appreciate you anticipating uh the question of course your honor excellent question uh this was tweeted at 7 42 a.m uh a.m so, yeah one of the first thoughts of the day for this uh, particular contestant oh. happy to do a reread if your honor would if it please the court no, I think I've got it. I appreciate that. Counsel, you may proceed. So the overarching theme with Schmidt that I have here is him trying to find relevance by trying to piggyback off of current topics, time of day, whatever. <clears throat> the first one, the Republican Party, its leaders, activists, and donors are the same people as those on the Titanic a century earlier. They never imagined the tragedy at hand that became so obvious in retrospect. And on his tweet, he attached a photo of the little... No, 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 no. The submersible. He really did. The submersible. He did. There's people on there choking to death. And he was like, this no. is like the Republican Party, guys. No. Bela, for you as well. Wow. With all due respect to the champion's submission, which I found quite compelling, uh, the use of wonder, the ladies and gentlemen, all just stuff that pulls at this judge and jury it was even, heartstrings. It was better than ladies and gentlemen. It was brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. All of like that. Like he's a pastor. All of that is gold in my book. Attaching a picture <laughs> of the submersible yeah. while the people's lives are very much in question is in a very different category this round goes to smug thank you i'm i'm, I'm already ready for round two counseling may proceed this is on father's day 
Fathers are supposed to look out for their kids. That means making sure American democracy never fails. Trump and his calls for violence, man, <laughs> dictatorship and revenge are a cancer coursing through our society. Father's Day. That's on Father's Day. <laughs> that is so hot. That's so hot. What do I what do I appreciate before the council proceeds? What I appreciate most about Smug Selection this week is that he had studied the judge and the jury in terms of what might get them going. Ju yeah. uh, judge, may I approach the bench as well? Please, bailiff. Well, so one other thing I wanted to add is I think Smug has done a really good job of highlighting this thing that Schmidt does, where he swims in the wake of the news of the day to tell you something that is completely unhinged he did that with the submersible and Does now he's feel, done it with father's day bailiff in, in all due respect this feels a little bit more like an amicus it are is you filing a, an amicus i've decided to officially file an amicus uh, the amicus is accepted okay. i appreciate that okay council okay so this tweet is in response to a congressman who is simply observing that there hasn't been much coverage of the joe biden Burisma $5 million payment investigation. The, the mainstream media hasn't really covered much of it. Okay. I'll just, I'm just describing the tweet mm -hmm. simply that, Very fair. that yep. he's replying yep. to. Coverage of the faked moon landing, zero minutes. <laughs> Coverage of the flat earth theory, zero minutes. Coverage of the Loch Ness monster, zero minutes. I wonder why. <laughs> That's good. He. That's good heat. Wait, wait, <laughs> Congressman is... So Dowd, what he's doing here is comparing the lack of coverage over Hunter Biden with a fake moon landing? Yeah. Uh, the, the Joe Biden and the Burisma and the $5 million that are, you know, some people are talking about and wondering about. And he was just asking why no, nobody in the press has covered it. Clear mens rea <laughs> in terms of intent <laughs> can i get uh just a one more father's day i i just the turn is where i'm most Absolutely. interested in this council that's what i love about this one it says fathers are supposed to look out for their kids that means making sure american democracy never fails trump and his calls for violence mayhem dictatorship and revenge are cancer coursing through our society this is father's day in the morning what can like, I get, can I get a making time, can I get a time stamp? Can yeah. I get a time stamp? 9.30 a.m. Holy shit. Kids are making mediocre pancakes for dad out of like, you know, whole flour and water that you have to choke down and act like it was delicious. On balance. <laughs> and he's like, this is what Father's Day means to me. <laughs> on balance, both of these submissions are eye-opening, to say the least. My inclination is to side with a champion on this because of the full dismissal of any potential allegation as a conspiracy theory beyond our wildest dreams. I do appreciate, I will say this though, I do appreciate that take more than you ever can imagine. <laughs> Father's Day, the, the audacity. <laughs> My final decision is with the champion, Mr. Dowd. <clears throat> Thank you, Your Honor. I guess that's that's to me now? Yes. Okay. 
So um, this is uh, in response um, to a, uh, a a tweet that um, that Mr. Dowd himself has made, um, recognizing a a little known poet uh, from Mexico. Would the council characterize that as a thread? I would characterize it as a thread. And um, and Mr. Dowd is quoting from the poem. Uh, and I, I would note that this is not uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, this is not uh, anyone who, you know, under basic, uh, basic college uh, class uh, studying you, you, you do we have a timer on this? yeah warning for time warning for time <laughs> okay thank you thank warning you bailiff bailiff I appreciate that well taken bailiff I'd like to read you the reply and this is in quotes a melancholic tenderness the local gardens will scent the freshness of your silken cheeks and in the mornings it's a one trick pony it's the same as the first swarms at your windows Counselor. Matthew Dow, <laughs> quoting Ramon Lopez Valverde. So this is this is. So it of, is quote. He's what he's done. This is a Michael Scott, Michael Scott quoting Rain, Wayne Gretzky quoting. <laughs> is is the nature of the tweet a quote itself, or is it his interpretation of the quote? It is. It is a quote itself. And the quote is from this Ramon. Ramon Lopez Valverde. And the initial quote in the thread, was that also from Mr. Valverde? Mm -hmm. A melancholic tenderness. That's so copy-paste. This but, is uh, perhaps, evident, Evidently, copy-paste. So, but this is perhaps the second verse of the first? Uh, am I permitted to read the first? No, I'm asking whether this or not is, council has done the homework to understand whether that is a second verse this is, of the first. I don't think he that, has. That's accurate. Well, okay. at least at least as purported by the champion. Okay. Melancholic is a word that has to be overcome. <laughs> I got a good one. Counsel. <clears throat> so, I want to remind, I don't need to remind you, but for our listeners, Steve Schmidt, as a member of the Lincoln Project, ran ads attacking you and the show Ruthless. Very well. And I think that jealousy in his heart comes through very clear in this tweet specifically trying to copy everything we're doing anti-italian bigotry <laughs> a youtube channel i'll now read the tweet the republican party in the united states a party whose entire existence is premised on the preservation of the tenets of the american revolution has become the main vessel for the rise of a wannabe american dictator an american mussolini more on the capitulation of the gop to donald trump and his youtube channel <laughs> after we started a youtube which I'm sure many of our viewers are watching as we speak, he's now started his. After we started holding the Italians accountable, he's now trying to call out the Italians. <laughs> and then he didn't get the traction, and he retweeted himself. Bailiff? Wow. That is... Is it a misuse? It's I can a confirm. misuse. I can confirm. Thank you, Bailiff. <laughs> can I... Can I... I want a full top to bottom reread absolutely the republican party in the united states a party whose entire existence is premised on the preservation of the tenets of the american revolution has become the main vessel for the rise of a wannabe american dictator an american mussolini <laughs> you, your honor counsel may i do just simply a reread of the final two lines 
Uh, I will. If you can do it in 30 seconds. Are, are you done? Are you done? I am. I am. I don't need to take up all your time. Is, is <laughs> This the, guy can take hours. What was the... Hold on. <laughs> it's over, bro. Is there a YouTube component that I missed? There's. He, he links it at the bottom. He, he, <laughs> he, wait, hold on. He, he started a YouTube, so he's... He, <laughs> this is his own YouTube? Yes. And then no one watched it, and he retweeted it again. <laughs> Bailiff, would you mind pulling That's up... That's what I'm doing right now as we speak. I appreciate that. I'm already would there. You mind pulling up that youtube i'd be interested in both the views and whether or not this is the announcement of the youtube counsel may proceed with the rereading while he looks thank you your honor daydreams <laughs> will arrive in swarms at your windows matthew dowd that's all he has dude quoting ramon lopez valverde Mm. On June nineteenth, twenty twenty-three. Judge, I've, I've do we have I've a time on that? Is that a cocktail hour post? Uh, Your Honor, I'll need to get back to you on that. Okay, um, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, bailiff here, Judge. I I have the YouTube pulled up. The guy's he's established quite a a following. Um, I I, I assume it's this one, uh, Counsel. If you, you think that's the one, I think that's or, it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got it like over 100,000. There is 100,000 people Lunatics. who clicked on that. But yeah. also, I think this is part of that whole issue that they had when the Lincoln Project broke up that he stole their like YouTube or whatever and, and their RSS feed or something. You Alleged, remember that, Duncan, Allegedly, right? allegedly. Allegedly, many people are saying. Well, no, I think I think that was the other guy. I think that was uh, Steslo got the RSS feed they, for the, for the, stole it. For the uh, podcast. Well, Your Honor, I have an answer for you. Please. 6.29 a.m. A.M. Mm -hmm. So what we have here are two very standard takes from each of these competitors, both of which tug on this jurist's heartstrings deeply. One of the reasons why I love Matt Dowd more than anyone else is the faux intellectualism and the flowery Sorkin-like language applied to everyday life to try to mean something uh, that has no meaning. On the other hand, we have Steve Schmidt, a relentless self-promoter who always draws the parallel of Trump to some sort of like murderistic psychopath from the past. We've seen <laughs> Mussolini. We've seen Hitler. We've seen many things. Both tweets, in my view, are even, Stephen. What tips the balance for me is the promotion of his YouTube account. <laughs> the idea that you could say something like that and then retweet yourself for your own YouTube account is simply impossible to ignore for this court. Hmm. For that reason, Smug, you are the winner of Thank this. you so much. Again, this judge has proved themselves to be a very fair <laughs> arbiter of justice. Ashbrook, you lost. <laughs> I... I I uh, I I don't disagree with you. I think the judge is very fair. He's always, this is this is a very fair judge. It and is I, a, and, and it is a counsel with integrity that can admit as much. And I appreciate words well spoken and and uh, well taken. Your Honor, it was court. a pleasure to appear in the courtroom. And you know, what? speaking of extremely fair judges, yeah, let's get into the a real guy. Yeah, a real one. Here's our interview. It's not often on the Ruthless Variety program that we have a, a guest as distinguished mm -hmm. as we do here today. We have 
a judge, a real one, not a, a Michael one. one. Yeah. We have a real one. Yeah. Amul Thapar, Judge Amul Thapar, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me, and I don't know about as distinguished. I think most of your guests are more distinguished, especially the animal segments. Come yeah. on. <laughs> when you talk about the animals, I mean, they, they definitely trump me. In fact, my dog makes an appearance in the acknowledgments of the book for putting up with me. So <laughs> I, I got an animal reference in. Guys. Well, you're, you're a great guy. Uh, we've known you for years. You're a friend of the program. Yes. Um, and you're look, you're an appeals court judge. Many of you probably heard his name for the first time when you were on the short list for the Supreme Court. Yeah, that was quite an honor to be on the short list for the Supreme Court, get to meet with the president. I mean, think about it for all your listeners. I'm my dad came to this country with a one way ticket and a five dollar bill. Oh, man. And uh, raised it became a citizen here. Raised two kids. My sister, who's the crown jewel of the family, anyone that's Indian knows. Uh, she's a doctor? I mean. She's a doctor. I, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> when I called my dad and told him I was going to law school, Smuggle will appreciate this. He said, why would you go to grad school to work an hourly job? <laughs> and then when I told him I was going to go clerk after law school, he said, were you a failure in law school? You're going to go clerk? You're not even going to be a lawyer? <laughs> it's so good. Well, typically we have a one conservative uh, Indian limit here on the program, but we'll, yeah, make, we the it. we'll it, make the exception here. Now, listen, uh, thank you for doing this. You brought us a couple of tributes. The first is this bourbon we've got to talk about, because this looks like a special deal. This is incredible. So Boone County bourbon is a relatively new distillery. In fact, it's seven years old, oh. and you've got one of the very first bottles of their seven-year bourbon. Wow. It's in northern Kentucky. And here's how good it is, which I didn't tell you guys before, is you all know who Steph Curry is. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's a bourbon aficionado like you guys. In fact, you should have him on the show. <laughs> and We'd do it in a second. I'm not sure he would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he is coming out with a bourbon and he tasted a bunch of bourbons and he picked boone county really hmm. so boone county's going to make his bourbon if ashbrook was in here instead of deserting his fellow ohioan <laughs> i would i would tell him that if you guys will bring the show to cincinnati ashbrook and i can go to the reds game you guys can put up with us we can play some golf we can arrange some bourbon tastings and then you can go to boone county distillery I mean, this is, Lee, let's get this on the calendar. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Get on in. the books. Let's at Cincinnati uh, at a time of your choosing. We'll, we'll we can have that chili with spaghetti, right? That's the big thing. Yeah, <laughs> Skyline. Chili with spaghetti. <laughs> An insult to the Italian community. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Come on. Skyline chili? Are you kidding? Let me tout more Cincinnati things. I got the Bengals and Reds in already. Yeah, no, you're just going to run right down the line. Yeah, I am going to run down the line. <laughs> Well, it's a great place. Uh, I'm sorry about Ashbrook's disappearance. I think it's, uh, well, it's disrespectful for starters. Yeah, the Indian came in. What's <laughs> up with the Cincinnati? I, <laughs> I love it. Listen, now we got to talk about this book because this is one that everybody needs to buy. It is incredible. It's called The People's Justice, Clarence Thomas, and the Constitutional Stories That Define Him. Let's talk about why you wanted to do this book first, and then we can talk about some of the contents. Yeah, so Justice Scalia, um, before he sadly passed, talked about our obligation to fly the flag. Why? 
because everyone in the academy isn't flying the flag. Um, most people aren't talking about originalism. Justice Scalia took originalism to lawyers and judges, and he always said, and you'll like this, another animal reference. He said, <laughs> When he would mention originalism, everyone would run out of the room like he was a bear. <laughs> and he changed that. And mm -hmm. he talked about our obligation to carry forward that legacy. And to me, the most important thing, and what I hope this book does, is it takes originalism to the American people. Mm -hmm. It's not written for lawyers exclusively. It's for lawyers because they'll learn a lot in it. But it's for the American people. And as the publisher said in the sleeve, even the critics of Justice Thomas might be surprised by what they find in this book because originalism reflects the will of the American people. The best way to explain it. So uh, Dean Reuter, a friend of mine, asked me, why did I write this book? Well, my neighbor, who's a dear friend, as you guys know, a really good golfer, by the way, a scratch golfer, and he thinks differently than me. And when I was mentioned for the Supreme Court, people said I was an originalist. And he came down, you know, our backyard's a joint. He came down, he said, what are you, you're one of those? <laughs> you're one of those? Like the, the head above the fence, like home improvement? Yes, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And he came down and said that. And I said, Mike, let me explain something to you. If you're a businessman, if you sign a contract with someone else, and you have a dispute over the contract. Should I figure out what the words in that document, what you all meant them to mean? Or should I just tell you what's best for you because I'm a judge mm -hmm. and impose my views on you? And he looked at me, he said, of course you gotta figure out what I meant. Are you kidding? Judges should never do that. He said, welcome to the Federalist Society. <laughs> That's right. I said, you too are now an originalist. And he went running back like I was a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love it. What I really love about this is that you take, you know, I think a lot of misconceptions about Justice Thomas in a legal context and explain it in a way that uh, guys like us can understand, which is really important because it, look, if you hang out with a bunch of Federalist Society people, which I, you know, I do guilty, um, often it gets very weedy and, and uh, non-lawyers like myself, I struggle to keep up with exactly what we're talking about here. This book does that in a way that I can understand, which is just fabulous. Yeah, it, I tried to capture the real stories of real people because what often is forgotten in when we're talking about these cases is they involve real people. Mm -hmm. And these people are suffering sometimes through human tragedy. I mean, one of the chapters captures Warwick Dunn, the NFL running back, mm -hmm. uh, struggled to cope with the murder of his mom and the raising of his siblings. Mm -hmm. And it parallels that against the killer's quest to get off death row and get out of the crime he was responsible for ambushing Warwick Dunn's mom. Mm -hmm. And what I tried to do is capture what the litigants were going through. Mm -hmm. And I tried to show that Justice Thomas, if you meet Justice Thomas, you're the most important person in the room. Mm, that's and, quite a skill. And maybe it, the introduction, I'll give this away. The book starts with a story that Nicole Garnett, one of his clerks, told me. He was walking out of church one day with a few of his clerks, and a homeless man came running up to him and said, Justice, Justice, I've got a petition for you. And the clerks braced, and they thought of grabbing and getting in front of the justice. And the justice shooed him away and walked over and had a conversation, and they could see the man was animated. And when he came back to them, he said, these are hard days for him. And they looked at the justice, and he revealed to them 
that he, the homeless man used to be a drug addict, and that's why he was homeless. Because his mom, he had a falling out with his mom as a result of his drug addiction. And two years before, the justice had counseled him and worked with him mm -hmm. to get rid of his addiction so that he, the homeless man, could reconcile with his mom. And he had. He had reconciled with his mom, and she had sadly passed. Mm. Oh, man. And he, he wanted to let the justice know. Mm. Mm. Man, that's just unbelievable. It goes right to the heart of the man, right? Yeah, that's what he is the people's justice. Why? For three reasons. One, he loves the American people. He mm. truly does. He travels around in an RV, doesn't tell people who he is, hangs out in Walmart parking lots. I don't know about that choice, but, you know, everyone chooses <laughs> where to hang out. Um he uh, he is cares passionately about people, and then his jurisprudence reflects the will of the people. But not only that, what I found in studying his jurisprudence, because he is the ultimate originalist, and I think we all agree with that, is that every case he talks directly to the American people. He says, why use a $20 word when a $2 word would do? Mm -hmm. So what I tried to do in the book is the introduction and the conclusion are my words, my view. Mm -hmm. So the reader knows. I'm not like others. I want to tell you exactly where I stand. But in between are the stories of the cases, the stories of the litigants, and Justice Thomas's own words. So you can judge for yourself, is he the people's justice? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I love that. Because, look, he probably is the single most attacked justice, maybe of all time. I mean, this is somebody who the left has caricatured since his confirmation hearings. Yeah, and I laid that out in the introduction. I talk about how um, he has been attacked because, you know, people are afraid. He's brilliant, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's an originalist. And if people read this book, and I hope your listeners will read this book, and I hope they will go on and review it and give me feedback because I need to know, am I getting the message out? Am I mm -hmm. telling the story the right way? Mm. Um, and they'll see. They say he's, his critics, and I document this, say he's an Uncle Tom and a traitor to his race. The book proves the opposite the mm -hmm. tr is true. They say he favors corporations over consumers. The book proves the opposite is true. They say he favors the rich over the poor. The book proves the opposite mm. is true. Mm. And so if I can take an example, chapter one is about Suzette Kilo. Suzette Kilo... Uh, <clears throat> separated with her husband, she didn't have a lot of money. She was a paradigmic, uh, paramedic. <laughs> and she bought a house with a view of the river, but it was a rundown house. Mm -hmm. And she got a second job. She took correspondence courses, became a nurse, got a second job, put blood, sweat, and tears in that house, painted it Odessa pink. She loved it so much. <laughs> And then, while this was going on, Pfizer Corporation, your listeners may have heard of them, mm -hmm. partnered with the city of New London to take her house. To take her house away. To take her neighborhood away. Her neighbors had lived there a hundred years. When their kids got married, they bought them houses in the neighborhood. This was a proud, blue-collar neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And they tried to take her house away. And so, she wasn't willing to give in. And she fought them. Mm. tooth and nail and she got lawyers from the institute for justice scott bullock who they called bull and they took them on and the book recounts the drama of them sleeping in some of the houses they were afraid would be bulldozed mm. down mm. the night before a court hearing 
because they were afraid the city teamed up with Pfizer would want to affect their morale. Why was Pfizer taking this? They wanted to build a plant for their new wonder drug. You may have heard of it, what they called a wonder drug, Viagra. <laughs> and they wanted to have... you certainly never heard of it. On never, never on this program. <laughs> and they wanted to have an upscale mall. And they wanted to have upscale apartments uh -huh. and restaurants. And they wanted to run out this blue-collar neighborhood. This case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the book recounts the drama at every step of the way. And at the Supreme Court, Suzette Kilo lost five to four. Mm. One party, one amicus asked that the court restore the original meaning. It was the NAACP. You want to know why? Because this principle known as eminent domain, the Fifth Amendment says the government can take your property for public use. In a case called Berman, out of the, the fine city of the District of Columbia, <laughs> the city took people's property. And Justice Thomas recounted that 97% of those people were black. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you guys to do something when we're done. I want you to go Google and see how many reports there are about Justice Thomas championing the poor and minorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And the kicker to this case is Pfizer came in. They leveled all those houses. Eight years later, Pfizer left. And on the ground where Suzette Kilo's house rested, it is now a field. And I took a picture and put it in the book. Mm. Wow. It's an amazing, wow, amazing story. But that's what I'm talking about, right? I mean, giving meaning and human elements to landmark eminent domain cases is something that's not done a lot in your profession i mean yeah, it, that is really important it's so much more compelling when you see it in those terms as opposed as opposed to just reading an opinion um for a, a very long time i've been an admirer of justice thomas and i'm just so pleased to see that people are trying to get the actual story of this man out there and one of the things i think is i he is probably the most Un, and you won't get this from the press or the left's attacks. He's probably one of the most unbiased, critical thinking justices we may have ever had. He, in, in college, he was actually left wing. He had a conservative awakening. He's seen all sides. He's been, he's lived in incredible poverty, incredible poverty, and made his way to the Supreme yeah, he, Court. He, he voted for McGovern, right? Yeah. I, and, and, and he he agreed with the philosophy of like Mal Malcolm X. Yeah. Right. And so like his philosophy is informed by his real world experience, just like the way he writes in these cases. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's such a brilliant insight on both your parts. Uh, I don't know that I hear that on other programs, but I definitely. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, and having a, a potential Supreme Court justice call you both brilliant is something you ought to write down <laughs> yeah. right now. Because that no, will not Can we cut again. that out of the that recording? Take. They may take question my judgment. <laughs> But it's coming up in confirmation. Yeah, right? it's definitely coming up. But, you know, his black nationalism that you all point to comes ringing through in this mm. book. At one point when he's talking, he talks about historically black colleges and the importance they've served. And if you look at chapter three, which is about the Grutter case, which is an affirmative action case, they talk about, uh, I talk about a case out of Alabama. And it's against, it's Alabama State. And Alabama State's a historically black college, one of our proud historically black college institutions. And Justice Thomas captures this in his Grutter dissent. He talks about the importance of historically black colleges. And he gets to this, it, it, what he says in a separate case, not the quotes in the book, but the case is not, called Missouri v. Jenkins, is he says, it's, see, it never ceases to amaze me that people assume anything that predominantly black is inferior. Mm -hmm. 
And that quote comes up in this Alabama State case where you're not going to believe it. They're trying to diversify a historically black college. And so they take away a scholarship from a black student, a black graduate student who is the plaintiff, and they give it to a white student because the scholarships are allocated based on your race Mm -hmm. by the court. And they're giving up what the plaintiffs called whites-only scholarships. (laughs) And Justice Thomas points to these things, and he says, look at Morehouse. Look at these proud, historically black institutions. Like the one, by the way, back to Steph Curry, he does not make an appearance in the book. I wish I could have figured out a way to work him in. (laughs) But not only is he doing Boone County bourbon, but he's funding the golf program here at historically black Howard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. And so, uh, but Thurgood Marshall Mm -hmm. came from historically black Howard. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that people give, read the book, give Justice Thomas a fair shake. I think they're going to be surprised by what you all just recounted. Yeah. His black nationalism that shines through. He's an originalist first. He always adheres to the original meaning. I challenge anyone to find where he hasn't. But then he never heard, he never stops and just stops at the original meaning, which is what's so powerful about decisions, his decisions. He recognizes the real people in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an incredible talent. I, I want to uh, talk for a minute about one of the things I admire most about people like you, people like Justice Thomas, is first of all, you're smarter than anybody I know, uh, which is a terrific place to start. But but like when you get to this level and you're able to do what it is that you do for a living, there's incredible amount of lucrative stuff to go do in the legal profession. And yet there are people like you who decide to serve in these important uh, appeals court, Supreme Court positions that push that away even at a time when the left has politicized the courts to a point where you know you're going to be the subject of constant attacks. Can you talk to me a little bit about why? (laughs) Why you do this? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Well, the first reason is because I heard you guys have a quota and you only let one Indian on the set. He chose smug. So, (laughs) Ruthless 2 is giving up on quotas today and letting me in the studio. (laughs) He's penned a decision and uh, we will have to abide by it. You know, when I, so Justice Thomas, when he complained that he couldn't accomplish something, his grandfather who raised him said, old man can't is dead. Yep. You know how I know I helped bury him. <laughs> My dad, when I complained I couldn't do something, said, this is the greatest country in the world. If you can't work hard and accomplish it here, you can't accomplish it anywhere. Mm. And It's that mentality, just the total appreciation by my parents for the opportunities this country gave them and gave their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine that. They came here and English was a second language for them. But they thought, we want our kids to think. I don't know, I mean, how they thought like this, but we want our kids to think in English because every time someone talks to us, we have to convert it to Hindi Mm -hmm. and then convert it back to English and figure it out. We don't want our kids to have that delay. Mm -hmm. How valuable for, was that for me as a trial lawyer? No kidding. To think in English. That's the way my parents thought because they wanted to give us every opportunity. The opportunities they didn't have. My dad grew up, he took us to his home, which he was proud of. It was a shack. Mm-hmm. He slept with his brothers and sisters on the dirt. Mm. I mean, he was the one kid, his mom, single mom. His dad died when he was two. 
single mom saves up for a one-way ticket and gives him the five dollars left over and says good luck <laughs> and he comes over here so i mean i'm a kid who went to a naturalization and watched my dad become a citizen and now i do the naturalization yeah that's a profound impact i'm mm -hmm. sure i've met with multiple presidents i've been appointed three times once to u.s attorney once to the district court and once to the circuit court so president bush made two mistakes and president trump won in their appointments <laughs> <laughs> but you're a pretty good friend in the senate that was taking care of some of those nonetheless <laughs> yes i think i think it didn't hurt to have certain people pushing you i i i think that is actually a very important point that you make is um i i hope it's still the case but there's a, a, a tradition almost among first-generation immigrants of fostering this sense of patriotism and appreciation that I think, sadly, you see in the mainstream public and, and the left's agenda of saying that America is a terrible country, it's a sinful nation that can't be you know, restored. And I think having judges and people who believe in this country because its founding document is the Constitution, that, that you're... you're job and life is in understanding and interpreting interpreting that document i think it's critical to have that sense of patriotism yeah and i think you know i'm blessed to be on a great court with great colleagues even some that think differently than me they're brother they're like brothers and sisters and we disagree like brothers and sisters but i think we all fundamentally believe in the greatness of the country or we wouldn't do the job yeah right if you don't believe in the constitution if you don't believe in the greatness of the country you shouldn't be a judge mm -hmm. and I, I find that remarkable about my colleagues and we just have such it's such a unique opportunity for someone like me and my parents luckily constantly remind me and i remind my kids just and I hope everyone listening will remind their kids that this is the greatest country in the world. And all you got to do is travel to see it. Go to my dad's hometown and see where he came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's so proud of it because, you know, you're proud of where you're from. I'm yep. proud of Toledo, Ohio. Mud hens, Toledo. <laughs> and it takes a lot to be proud of Toledo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Look, you've got listeners in Toledo too. Yeah, you right. should be nice right. about my hometown. Yeah, if we can't make fun of everybody's everything, then you know, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's true, but I'd rather have you make fun of Ashbrook. <laughs> He's the fellow Cincinnatian that doesn't show up for me. Yes, yes. No, that's, that's absolutely right. Listen, you're a big sports fan. I am. I mean, you just watch everything? I love the Bengals. I'm a season ticket holder. There you go. Nice. Uh, you guys should come during the season. You're welcome to come to a game. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than a Bengals game. Um, it's a ton of fun. Boone County is now going to have some stuff at the Bengals Stadium. <laughs> nice. uh, I love the Reds. Uh, you know, I boycotted the Reds for a while because their owner made some yeah. comments that I didn't love saying, what else are you going to do? So I found something else to do. Yep. And I like watching golf because, you know, golf's the one sport that we can all play. Not as well as them, but... <clears throat> We can all play. Like, I can't play football. Yeah, right. Are you kidding? I get right. my... <laughs> and so, and I love sports because it truly is still a meritocracy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You want to be good, prove it. Well, mm -hmm. you were saying your son picked up golf like three, two or three years ago and is now a collegiate golfer? He's going to be, yeah. He's a little, he didn't get his talent from my side of the family. Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. His talent all comes from the other side of the family. I mean, that must be some athlete. Yeah. He is, but uh, my wife 
my wife's side of the family is pretty incredible. Oh, man. Well, listen, your sense of humility, I think, is what distinguishes you and puts you on short lists for Supreme Court or something like that. Because at this stage, look, I got to imagine you're surrounded by a bunch of people who, when they get to this level, they know they're smart. And there's one thing to be smart, and there's another to act smart. And I think your point with Justice Thomas is something that you represented very well in yourself and having a sense of humility and obligation to the people of this country while you're doing that job. Yeah, I mean, I think Justice Thomas is a role model for all people. And I wish kids would read this book. I wish others would read this book just to see what he came up from and how he treats people. Mm -hmm. And I think we could all learn something from him. Here is one of the most important people in America. And yet, a homeless person, he's taking the time mm-hmm. to show love and compassion to. Yeah, yeah. And every, everywhere I go and talk about Justice Thomas, someone comes up to me and inevitably tells me a story of kindness. Just last night, a woman told me that one of her fellow parishioners, uh, an older woman, got sick. Justice Thomas sent her flowers mm-hmm. in the hospital. Yeah. Took the time to send her flowers. Uh, it's just kindness. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great stuff. Well, we're huge fans of you, uh, but we've got three big questions where we'll be the ultimate judge of, oh, uh, no. <laughs> of how great you <laughs> no, really we'll are. No, we'll get to be the judge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the first question, as you well know, as a listener of the program, is if you can plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Okay, so Smug's not going to like my appetizer. But my appetizer does not involve spaghetti. <laughs> but it does involve chili. Okay. It's a coney, and the conies are delicious from Skyline. Okay. So that's my appetizer. Okay. Then I'm going to have the best steak in the world yeah. cooked by my wife, yes. who is an amazing chef. I love that. So no. she's a, any she, particular cut are we working with here? I want, you know what they call a cowboy steak? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if it's my last meal, right. I got to enjoy it. Yeah. A big tomahawk. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a lot of Boone County bourbon yeah. because I'm not going to feel it the next day. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. And I want for the record to show we did not break this bottle while I was on the set. No, we, we did not right. open it. Which takes remarkable restraint. Especially because you put it by me. <laughs> Judicial restraint. Yes. And... <laughs> And then I'm going to have the best ice cream in the world. Grater's ice cream. God, you really I knew that was coming. I knew that's that's a Cincy, pretty good setup. Yeah. Cincy guy through and through. You know, when a politician gives me that rap, I mean, like, come on. I'm always like, you got to be kidding me. This is like pandering to the constituency. You don't have that constituency. Yeah. No. <laughs> I got lifetime tenure. <laughs> I need to be zero honest. votes. <laughs> zero votes, and he still goes in that direction. Man, yes. I love that. I love that. All right, so second question. If you never got into this line of work at all, never once a day in the law, and you can look back on your life with total clarity and retrospective with blue sky and you can fill it with anything, what would it be? Yeah, I've got one regret, and it is that I didn't serve the country in the military. My Mm. roommate from college is a two-star general in the Marines now. Wow, really? Served his country. He's been surrounded by some remarkable people, by the way. Yeah. My wife being first among them. Honey, if you listen to the program, please <laughs> note that. <laughs> and he's got a golf trip planned next week. Yeah, right. No, I'm not dunking. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I love it. Busting balls, too. This is great. But 
You know, I wish, I wish, I regret not having ever served. I looked at it multiple times, just being a reserve. I wish I would have pulled the trigger mm -hmm. and never did it. And shame on me for not giving the country back in that way. And if I couldn't do that, I'd be commissioner of the NFL or the PGA. And if either of them are looking, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know Moynihan's getting a little rocky over at the PGA. That's you might right. be able to figure out how to broker yeah, that deal. I don't know what's up with that. You it know, is crazy, leaving the right? players out high and dry. Felt like Rory really got his legs chopped out from underneath him on that deal. God, I felt bad for him. Seriously. And then he almost, you know, he almost wins the U.S. Open afterwards. So he must I know. not be taking it too hard. Well, that shows you what a remarkable talent he is. Yeah, yeah no Absolutely. question about it. Uh, all right, so third question. I'm particularly interested in how you view this because you view it uh, probably a lot differently than many people. But our view is that most successful people are motivated by one of two things, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. The thrill of victory is the self-motivated, glass-half-full optimist who's just sort of driven to try to do bigger and better things by themselves. Uh, the agony of defeat person is is the Michael Jordan character. It's mm -hmm. the every victory that they've ever had. It lasts about one second of appreciation, and every slight, every setback, every thing that they have uh, encountered that has prevented them from reaching a goal is the thing that they hold on to for motivation to overcome the next obstacle. On that spectrum, Judge, where do you find yourself? I'm sadly an agony of defeat guy. Yeah, this does not surprise me at all. <laughs> let, let me explain why. Because as an originalist, to come back to Justice Thomas, you view your job as to get it right. Mm -hmm. And when you can't convince your colleagues and you think you're right, you're harming the country, I think. Mm. You're harming the document, the very document that gave me all the opportunities. But throughout my career, I've been an agony of defeat guy. I remember every rejection. <laughs> so let me give you one story i know yes. you want to get the show over with no, get me out of here <laughs> i'm more concerned with your time than ours i literally would sit here for the next six hours yeah. and talk to you. watch it we might break that bottle open <laughs> if we're here six hours <laughs> but i the first time i applied to be a judge it was a magistrate judge. The the only merit-based position in the federal <laughs> judiciary, mind you. <laughs> and I was turned down. I made it to the finalists and was turned down. Oof. I never forgot that. <laughs> I still remember the interview. Yeah. I still remember the feeling of rejection, you know? And you know that dude's name too, don't you? Oh, Trust me, I haven't forgotten anything. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, when you get rejected like that, it gets harder to do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was interesting to put in for U.S. attorney, knowing you could be rejected. Mm -hmm. It's it's really, really hard. Um, but some things God calls you to do. I, I went, when we moved back home to Cincinnati, my wife's home, I thought, you know, President Bush had just offered me a job. We were... Uh, I went home and said, honey, she had, we had our first kid. She was pregnant with our second. I said, honey, I got great news. She said, honey, I got better news. <laughs> I said, don't you want to hear my news? President job offered, President Bush offered me a job or, you know, the, yeah. the administration offered me a job, not the president himself. He didn't even know who I was, but <laughs> that's beside the point. And she said, 
can you do it from Cincinnati? Because <laughs> we're moving home to Kentucky, to northern Kentucky. And so I thought, you know, I'm moving back. I'm going to go make money. I'm finally going to make money. My wife was happy. She married a lawyer. Dad's going to be proud. Yeah. Thought my dad would have been proud. That's right. <laughs> and I was in Cincinnati working for a great law firm. And I boarded a plane on 9-11 to Los Angeles to oh take a deposition. God. Holy smokes, I didn't realize that. And we were in the air, and we got diverted to St. Louis. All the planes were ordered to land. We were on a 747. Back then, Cincinnati yeah. was a hub for Delta Airlines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we heard what was happening, because they used to have, all the young people don't know about this, but they used to have phones in the back yep. of the seats. Yeah. And we took the phones out and heard what was happening. And me and the people around us talked about if they were on our plane, we would do something about it. Huh. Wow. You actually had to have that conversation. Yeah. Man. And I, I vowed to the Lord, if we hit the ground, I was going to put my application in to be in AUSA and ask to hunt them down. Oh, wow. Man. And so on September 12th, I put in an application to be in AUSA, and it changed my life forever. That is wow. an incredible story. Wow. I didn't realize that that was the ultimate motivation. Here, here's, here's the worst part of the story. Uh, I mean, what happened on 9-11 is awful. I just was up there thinking, what can I do? to help and there was nothing mm -hmm. right you're helpless mm -hmm. and so i knew when i got down i had to do something about it <laughs> that is fascinating i mean in a much incredible smaller story. capacity at a very similar deal i was here at 9 11. i mean it's the reason i got into politics yeah and it's the reason i'm sitting here today yeah i mean i wouldn't be here i believe so much in the fabric of this country and i hope this book contributes i hope it arms people with the real knowledge and the real facts. All my facts are endnoted and cited. Mm -hmm. You can go verify everything I say in there because people aren't going to believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're going to read it and not believe it. If uh, they're looking for errors in an Amul Fapar book, I'm not sure that's a <laughs> wise move. <laughs> we can't thank you enough for coming in. This is, like I said, we would we would love to just sit and pick your brain about the million issues that are confronting this country and their application to the Constitution and, and everything else. I will have to do it another day because you got other appointments. You, you got to come to Cincinnati, but uh, and it's t you know today is the first day the book is available. Is right. that That's right? It's yeah. today. It's the, the People's, People's Justice, Justice. Uh, and you can get it. Anywhere you get your books. Anywhere you get your books, please leave me a review. Send you guys a note. Let let me know what you think. I'd love to know. Am I communicating well? Am I getting the message out there? Am I arming you with the details, the listeners? Am I arming them with the details they need to know when they have those neighborhood cookouts and talk about Justice Thomas mm -hmm. that they can share these stories? Because in these stories, and by the way, as a teaser, there's a chapter where the victim of Bill Cosby sues to clear her name. Mm. Wow. wow. I saw that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and just incredible. Get the book, read it, and let me know what you think. We, Most importantly, let me know what you think. We, have, we have a lot of people that come on to, to pitch books. 
I'm doing the very rare. You gotta go buy this. Yeah, you I, have I'm to actually read reading it. this one. I, I had it ordered. He was kind enough to bring me a copy, so now I got two. <laughs> I, I had it. Fantastic. Did 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 Smuck tell you what's in his? Is the PS? What's the inscription? What do you have it with you? I, I have it right here. Read the PS. If you can read my handwriting, <laughs> I had to write the PS, but I couldn't put it in the message itself. It's on. They told me there's a signature page, so yeah. you got to go about couple, couple four more pages, pages in. Past all the reviews. Um, there oh is. my goodness, that's so nice. Okay, so now look at the PS. Can you read it? I absolutely knew that. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's I a great personal tip. Bourbon goes great with Indian food. A lot of folks don't know this, but that is the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. so good. When and you know, my wife makes amazing Indian food. So if you guys come do a show in Cincinnati, I am, honey. <laughs> You're making Indian food. It's an all-day affair, nice. and we're drinking. I got plenty of bourbon. Count Listen, me in. I've made a list of all the promises that we'll get here. Yeah, you better write it down. The Indian food one I'm putting down now. So and we'll get Grater's ice cream. My son scoops ice cream at Grater's at night. So no kidding. Nice. Oh, yeah. This guy is the best. We are lucky, beyond lucky, to have a Mulfapar sitting in the seat that he is. God willing, you get a shot at the Supreme Court someday because all of us would benefit a great deal from your wisdom. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a real treat and pleasure. I mean, look, this dude is so smart. Yeah. He's, it, but beyond that, I mean, we, we deal with a lot of smart. We, we see a lot of smart people every day, and you go hang out with the Federalist Society putt types you're gonna find people who can like give you chapter and verse of the entire u.s code yeah, yeah. geniuses you're not gonna find a guy who's got all of that with a heart mm -hmm. and a humility hum humility yeah. yeah like this dude i mean it's just it makes it so much more impressive when someone who is so accomplished and capable is that humble and it, it's, it's like, incredible and like even throughout the interview when i'm asking him it, i'm trying to butter his bread a little bit because i want him to know i want him to know that how much we appreciate what it is that he does because mm -hmm. like he's not accepting any of that he's like yeah, the most humble guy of yeah. all time he called me and smug brilliant yeah well i mean I, that was a, it, like, rare that'll come up in the confirmation yeah. <laughs> rare rare <laughs> lapse of judgment but during the course of all that I say to him, you know, like, what is it? How do you do this kind of thing where you make tons of money, but now you're in this like mm -hmm. chaos? And he's like, well, Justice Thomas. I mean, he just mm -hmm. immediately deflects it to the brilliance of somebody he admires mm -hmm. rather than taking on. This is the kind of guy you want sitting on the bench, mm -hmm. kind of guy that you ought to model a whole school of people after. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your ideology is. That guy is amazing absolute patriot I, I invite everyone really read that book the buy this book I, I, buy I, it. I got him to to sign a copy for my mother that's how impressive a guy this is Very i can't cool. give any better compliment to an yep. individual well i think we did it i think so absolute banger of an episode gentlemen thank you so much to judge on with the bar thank you so much to our listeners again if you're not already subscribe on youtube and watch the program so until next time minions keep the faith Hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.